This is a Courageous Church podcast, equipping and empowering you to live a courageous life. Join us now as we listen to a message from Courageous Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Guys, so it's Christmas week. This is our Christmas service here at Courageous Church. We're talking about Christmas. We're, we're, we're here in the midst of it. You've hopefully you've got you know, your, your trees up. You've got the, the, the lights on, on the tree. You've decorated the house. And, and so there's traditions during this time of year. There's a lot of traditions. I mean, that's really what this time of year becomes. We set it aside to celebrate a holy day and all of our traditions come into play. So I'm just kind of curious, like how many of you finished your Christmas shopping like a month ago? All right, all right, we hate you, but that's cool. The rest of us hate you. How many of you guys are like starting in like uh, 45 minutes? Yeah, yeah, there, there we go. We got, some, we got some target runs after this or something. Um, okay, how many of you guys just, we're talking traditions, how many of you guys open presents on Christmas Eve? That's when you guys open your presents. Oh, a couple of you, I see it, I see it, all right. How many of you do like the Christmas pajamas on Christmas Eve, right? Yeah, that's good, that's a good one. Um, how many of you are purists? You're like, nope, no presents on Christmas Eve, it's Christmas only. How many of you are purists? Got a couple of you, all right, all right. How many of you like rip them all open at once and there's like five injuries and Christmas paper everywhere? Anybody just like you guys just rip into them? Nobody. Wow. The kids do. The kids do. How, how many of you it's like one at a time and everyone pays attention to the one at a time? Wow. I'm actually really shocked. That's my wife. My wife is like, nope. One at a time, everyone, it takes us to like December 28th to get through the Christmas, the way she buys presents for the kids, but whatever, whatever, just joking. Um, So as we talk about traditions, let me tell you a couple of traditions my family has is Christmas morning, we get up every Christmas morning, we get together as a family and we open up the Bible and we read the story in Luke chapter two and we read it together and then we pray as a family And then we turn on some Christmas music. I get a little bit of coffee brewing. My wife gets her tea. And then we sit around and the kids pull out their presents. And we one by one go through. But really the the biggest part for us is that Luke chapter 2. And remembering why we're doing what we're doing. And why we're celebrating together. And and what we have to be thankful for as a family. And why we're doing all this nonsense of, of wrapping presents and stressing ourselves out. And it's that... Luke chapter 2 story and and we play that Christmas music on purpose make sure that we got the Christmas music in the background to continually remind us of what's going on and one of my favorite Christmas songs is uh, what child is this that's one of my favorite in fact there's a version of what child is this it's it's Andre Bucelli and Mary J Blige let me tell you if you have not heard it you need to download that thing I get goosebumps every time I listen to that song. It's an amazing uh, song. Uh, I'm also one of the guys that likes the Little Drummer Boy. Um, I know some of you don't, but I love that song. That's just me, Um, and I'll pray for your soul. Um, So here's what I'd like to do this morning. Normally what happens when I go and I speak at a church, I normally teach. I'm a terrible preacher, and I'll admit that. So if you want good preaching, just come back next week. There'll be something great but I like to teach. And so this morning, what I'd like to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach a little bit, 
But I'm going to kind of preach to you a little bit because I think that this would be a good time. So it's not going to be that good. I'm just warning you now. I'm setting the bar as low as I possibly can so I can just hop right over it. Uh, And what I want to answer this morning is I want to answer that question to to the great Christmas song is what child is this? This Christmas week that we have and the the fact that we have Christmas coming up, I want to answer what child is this and I want us to think about Jesus for a minute here because obviously that's the child it's it's amazing to me to think about the fact that 2,000 years ago Jesus was born and still to this day there are millions of people all over the world that will tell you and claim and profess and witness and testify to the fact that Jesus has changed their life And I'm one of those people. And scripture says that this person, this name, this Jesus, this name is the name above all other names. And here's what's also amazing to me is that you can talk about God all day long in our culture. And there's no controversy. But as soon as you say the name of Jesus, there's controversy. Like you could go on a talk show and you could tell people about how you're following God and how spiritual you are and your spiritual connections. But as soon as you start talking about following Jesus, as soon as you say Jesus, they want to cut to the commercials. This name of Jesus brings controversy, attention uh, that sometimes that we we don't think that it should get that kind of negative attention. And here's what's crazy to me. That's 2,000 years later. It's still happening. Scripture says not only that it's the name above all the names, but it's a name that brings power. And so his name is the only God-like name that exists that is also used as a cuss word. <laughs> like, right? Like, maybe you've done it. It's all right. Like, church isn't the place to be honest, so don't worry. You don't have to admit, you don't have to admit anything. But, you know, you're hammering away, and you hit, your, you hit your hand, and you're like, Jeebus! People do that. We hear it. We see it in movies. We see it in television shows. But you never hear, hear that about any other godlike name, right? You never hear anybody hitting their hand, and they're like, Mohammed! Like, oh, they stub their toe and like, Buddha! <laughs> Maybe we need, to, we need to do that one. Here, here's the thing. It's the name of Jesus that is something special. The name of Jesus is something special. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to talk about this, this Jesus, the birth of Christ and what it did. Um, Here's my teacher inside of me. I'm going to teach you two words today. I'm going to teach you a Hebrew word. I'm going to teach you a Greek word. The first word we're going to learn, it's the Hebrew word, and it's the word hene. Everyone say that with me. Hene. Let's try it one more time. Hene. All right. That's the first word. That's the Hebrew word. I'm going to teach you another word. It's the Greek word. It's I do. You can say it with me. I do. We'll do it again. I do. You guys are like 25% there. It's all right. Here's the best way to say I do. It's like, uh, do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? I do. That's, that's kind of the, the, the way you would say it. Look, it's the exact same word. It's the Hebrew version and the Greek version. It's the exact same word. We translate it into our English 
Bibles as either see or behold. That's the way you would, you would translate it. Now, here's the problem, though, with any time you get into translation. And those of you that know multiple languages, you know what this is like. By the way, do you, you ever hear the joke, you know, if you know three languages, you're trilingual. You know two languages, you're bilingual. You know one language, you're American. Hundred percent true. But here's the problem with language: is we can we can translate it exactly, and we get words like "see" and "behold," and we understand that. But you don't understand the whole meaning behind the word. Here's "hine" and "I do." Here's what actually it means, though. When you see these words in your Bible, when you're reading, it actually the author is trying to say to you, "Hey, hey, 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 pay attention." Right here, this is life-changing. That's what the author is trying to say. They're like, whoa, 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 pay attention. Right here, this is it. This is the highlight. Like if they had highlighters back then, this would be it. Right here, what I'm about to tell you, pay attention to this. So every time you see this word, it's talking about a life-changing statement that's coming right after it. So I'm going to show you a couple different pictures of Jesus, not physical pictures um, on the screen, but pictures of Jesus. The first picture I want to show you, and what child is this, is behold, Jesus, a baby. Isaiah 7.14 says, says this, that the, and these words were prophesied of Jesus some 700 years before the, before the birth of Christ. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The very next word is hene. Behold, check this out. Pay attention. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the listeners of this message would have been blown away. They've been like, what? Are you kidding me? You mean the savior that we've heard about? You mean the Messiah that we've heard about that he's going to be coming and he's going to be born of a virgin? So the author is trying to say, pay attention, pay attention to this. Check this out. There will be a Messiah and the Messiah will be born of a virgin. This is 700 years before Jesus is actually born. His historical birth takes place. And guess what? It happens exactly as it's prophesied that it takes place with a virgin. Now, listen, childbirth itself is a miracle. I've got two kids. I was there for both of those. Uh, women, you are amazing. You are miracle makers. Guys, we are worthless. But here we have, <laughs> that was awesome. But here we have a little teenage girl who's never been with a man, a virgin, and an angel comes to her and she submits and says to God, may it be done unto me according to your word. And the Holy Spirit through miracle. And she gives birth to this Christ child in a manger. It's actually in a cave, but we're not going to get into that. And they wrap him in swaddling clothes. Now here's the thing. If you don't know what swaddling clothes are used for, um, they, were, they were actually the clothes that were used to bury the dead. What amazing picture in front of us 
the Messiah, the Savior of the world that is born, immediately placed in clothes for the dead, born to die for you and I. And so there's this picture, Emmanuel, God with us. Behold, the virgin will be with child, and she will give birth to Emmanuel, God with us. Behold, pay attention, Jesus, the baby. Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For unto us, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Behold, check this out, hear this news, the Christ, the Messiah will be born. Behold the baby Jesus. Another picture I want, to, I want you to see is this, and this is Jesus, the Lamb of God. What child is this? This is Jesus, the Lamb of God. John the Baptist made this bold declaration in John 1.29. Um, there's this, this image of, of Jesus walking towards John, and John sees Jesus coming towards him, and he says, hey, everybody, listen up. He says it, he says it in Greek. I do. Behold, there he is. There he is. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's saying, pay attention, pay attention. Here it is, here it is. Lamb of God takes the sin away from the world, takes our sins. Now, everybody in his audience at that time for John the Baptist, they would have known exactly what he's talking about because they live in a sacrificial system. They understand that sin equals something has to die. They understood that. In fact, they, they, they knew what he was saying when he said the Lamb of God because this was part of the Passover sacrifice. And so during the time when the people were enslaved in Egypt, you remember this story, and if you don't, I'm going to tell you anyway. The Passover is the time that they were celebrating the fact that God said he was going to send an angel, and this angel of death was coming. And the angel of death would pass over their house. And what they would do is they would go take a lamb, and there was some specification, specs. I can't talk this morning. Uh, this is, as I like to say, the gospel according to Elmer Fudd right now. Um, and so they would take this lamb, and it was called the Lamb of God, and they would slit this lamb's throat, and they would drain the blood into a bucket. And they would take a sponge and they would put the sponge in the bucket and they would go to their doorpost and they would wipe the blood above the doorpost. And the angel would come and wherever that blood was, the angel would pass over. And this is what they would understand and know by the Lamb of God. So when John says that is the Lamb of God, they understood that what he was saying is that was going to die for the sins of well, for them, there was probably like Judaism. They were thinking about it within their own sacrificial system. But that's what he was declaring. Um, there's this weird thing we like to say as Christians. We like to say, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus, which sounds really morbid to people outside of Christianity. They're like, what? But this is the word picture that they're giving you to the Passover, is having the blood of Jesus above the doorpost to pass over from the angel of death. It's basically our way of saying that we've been saved. We've been taken care of because of somebody else's death, somebody else's sacrifice. And John the Baptist says, hey, check this out. Pay attention to this. This right here, 
that is the Lamb of God. Revelations 5.12 says, Worthy is this Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb Jesus who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Behold, Jesus the baby. Behold, Jesus the Lamb of God. All right, here's, here's another picture I want you to see of Jesus. What child is this? He's not just Jesus the baby. He's not just Jesus the Lamb of God. Behold, here's Jesus the man. John 19, 5, Jesus is, is presented in front of Pontius Pilate. And scripture says, Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, he says it, I do, in Greek, I do, behold, the man. Jesus was miraculously all God and at the same time all man. He was God in human form. He was God in the flesh. But he wasn't an ordinary man, you see. He was the one who would see blind eyes and he would heal them. He was the one who would befriend prostitutes. He was the one who was so loving and was so different that the religious people couldn't stand him. Behold, pay attention, see this. What child is this? This is Jesus, the man who is obedient to God, even unto death. He took lashings for us, for our sins, that we might be healed. In fact, what, what we know from scholars and, and looking at the text of Scripture is that when Jesus is beaten before he's presented to the people by Pontius Pilate, that they would take this, this whip and at the end of these, this whip, and there was lots of strands of the whip, they would put broken glass, and they would put nails, and they would put stones into that whip, and they would whip his back. And the, the, the amount of times that he got whipped on his back and the amount of times he got beaten, the scholars tell us that it's most likely that his back would have been completely shredded up and his internal organs would have been, would have been visible. And he was beaten by those Roman soldiers by their hands. And they would have their big Roman soldier rings on. And they would have hit him over and over and over again. And they would mocked him. And they pierced his side with a spear. And when he's there on the cross and all this has been done to him, he looks up to the Father and he says, Father, forgive them. Behold, Jesus, the man, who according to Isaiah 53, 5, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. So answering this question, what child is this? Behold, check this out, pay attention. It's Jesus, the baby. Behold, pay attention. This is Jesus, the Lamb of God. Behold, pay attention. This is Jesus, the man who endured the pain of the cross, being obedient to God even unto death. And again, he's risen in power. Behold. All right, so here's some more. I want you to see this because I think it's still so important. There's so much more to this, to this person, this God, this Savior, this Messiah, Jesus, and that is Jesus is the soon returning king. Revelations 22, 12, it says, behold. It says it in the Greek. I do. Pay attention to this. And it goes on to talk about Jesus and Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Look, when Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, he came as a lowly servant, born in a cave, wrapped in death clothes. But when he returns, he comes a little bit different when he returns. He comes as a returning king. Revelation 19, 11, 
I, I love this verse. It, it's kind of like very poetic, and I could actually do a whole teaching on Revelation, and we could all be like, what is going on? Other than the fact that John maybe was smoking something. I don't know. That's tongue-in-cheek, people. Calm down. This is what it says in Revelation 19.11. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is named Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He's dressed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads on the winepress of the furry of the wrath of God, almighty on his robe and on his thigh. He has written the name, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's how he returns. It's way different than the way he comes in. The other thing we learn is Jesus has a tattoo. But that's besides the point. I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. So behold, check it out. Pay attention. Time is short. Look around. There's pain in this world. There's wars. There's tragedy. There's famine. We're fighting against each other. We're calling each other names on social media all the time. Even though we claim the same God, we have this moral depravity that exists in the world. There's economic downturn in other places in this world. Time is short. It's short, but Jesus is returning as king. He's going to come. It's going to be happening. I want it to happen in my lifetime. That'd be awesome, but it will happen So behold, hear the alarm, feel the warning, time is short. Who is this child? What child is this? Well, he's the soon coming king. He's the baby. He's the lamb of God. He's the man who took it all for us. And finally, this is the last one I want to share with you as I conclude my time. Revelations 3.20 actually has this word again, I do. Behold, check it out. Pay attention to this. Hear this. It says, Jesus says, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. I'm here and I'm knocking. And if you hear my voice and you let me in, I will come in. I'm here. He says, I do. Pay attention to this. This is important. This is life-changing. I'm here. Let me in. I'm going to show you unconditional love. I'll show you a peace that passes all understanding. I'll bring you joy that's unspeakable. I'll bring a healing that you've never known. I've come to give you life. I've come to give you life more abundantly. This is our Jesus. This is what child is this. This is what we get to celebrate this week. Behold the Son of God. He's the Christ child born to die. He's the Lamb of God that's slain for the sins of this world. He's the God-man who endured endured brutal pain on a cross for our sins. He's the soon-returning king. He's at the right hand of the Father, and he's knocking at the door of your heart, asking to come in. What child is this? This is Christ, our king. Friends, why... I spend time on airplanes flying all over the country. Why me and my family, 
come to church plants, why we make sure that we're involved in ministries everywhere is for Jesus. We believe in this message more than any other message, more than a political party, more than a, a philosophy or financial incentives, more than anything, this message changes your life. I know that it's changed my life. I know that I felt more love and acceptance than I ever have when I said yes to God. When I was, uh, Pastor Jim talked about uh, my family going to this church plant, and that's exactly what happened. And some of you have heard this story before, but my my family uh, started going, and I, I wouldn't go because I was a senior in high school. I was like, I've gone 18 years without Jesus and God. I can do another 18. I got this. You know, 18-year-olds always think they know it all. Uh, I've got a 15-year-old and 13-year-old, and so I understand. Uh, and, and here it was, my, my dad came to me, and he's like, look, if you live in, a, in our house under our roof, you're going to go to church. And so I negotiated out the terms of this going to church thing, and I would drive myself to church, and I would sit in the back row of this church, and I would actually, it was in an old LDS ward in Ogden. It was in Washington Terrace is technically where this building was, and it was this old pews, and I would sit on the back row of one of these pews, and I would sleep during the whole service. And as soon as the pastor said amen at the end, I would get up and I would leave. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do my, my senior year of high school. And so I was on my way, and I was driving to this church, and I said, man, I don't know if there really is a God. Like, I really don't know. I was maybe agnostic, right? I was like, yeah, maybe there's a God. And so I, I said this simple prayer. I was like, look, God, if you exist, if you exist out there, speak to me. Tell me what you want. I'll do it if you exist. And I went and I sat on the back row of this church and I laid down in the pew and I fell asleep. And I have no good theological explanation for this. Don't, don't like be like, well, Trinity said, eh, just take it for what this is worth. While I was asleep, God spoke to me. And I felt more love and peace and acceptance than I'd ever felt in my whole life. And here's what I heard God say to me. I just want your life. And so I gave my life to God that day. Look, it hasn't been a perfect life. There's struggles. There's valleys. There's highs. There's mountaintops. But I know who my creator is. And it's been abundant. It's been fulfilling. And I have had more acceptance with him than anything the world has ever given me. Will you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we are, we are grateful that we get to celebrate this Christmas holiday. We get to celebrate your coming as that baby, as the lamb, as the man, that you will be the returning king and that you want a relationship with us. That you offer us solitude from this world. You offer us healing. You offer us acceptance. You offer us salvation. You offer us redemption. God, we, 
We soak this in. We embrace this. We hold tight to this. It's a message that baffles people because we do nothing for it. You just love us. And so God, let us celebrate that in the way we speak to one another, as the way we smile at one another, as the way we give gifts to one another, as the way we read your, your text at Christmas time, at Christmas Eve, as we celebrate, as we listen to the Christmas music, as we sing along to it. Let it all come out of us, this celebration, this joy of embracing all that you are. And you are this reason that we do all of this. Thank you for listening today. To find out more information about our church, including ways you can give, please visit us at CourageousChurch.com.